Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. In this anointed conversation, I speak with Doreen Virtue. Now, many of you may already be familiar with Doreen as she was very big in the New Age community. She had tons of oracle decks. She had about 70 best-selling books on New Age ideologies. And she traveled the world with people like Deepak Chopra and Louise Hay promoting those spiritual ideologies and made quite a living doing so. She had the house in Hawaii and basically all of the material, worldly, monetary wealth and success that you can possibly imagine. Not to mention the fact that she was highly revered from so many people telling her that she was changing their lives. And yet, five years ago, she came to the Lord and denounced all of it. So we share her testimony in this episode and what that process has looked like for her over the past five years, which leads into a conversation about how demons are real, how hell is real, how sin is real, and how Satan is so good at insulating us within the lies of the new age that we don't even realize that we're in it. So this conversation is for you if you were formerly in the new age or if you are still currently entrenched in those practices. Please listen with an open mind and an open heart and pray to God to reveal to you the truth. I hope you enjoy this episode, but more importantly, I really hope that you get something meaningful from it. Jesus loves you and he's the only one that can save us. Here's the episode. So for this episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast, I'm joined with my dear sister in Christ, Doreen Virtue. This is a really great honor for me personally, because Doreen is one of the people that both led me into and out of the new age in ways. I um, Many of you have heard me talk about this before, how when I first saw a medium, when my grandmother died in 2014, the medium was using Doreen's cards. I got a card that said, you are so connected and I like framed the card. I I had it in my house. And from there I went and purchased my own deck of the, of that particular um, deck of cards that she had. And then I bought more and more and more. And that led me down the tarot road. And then Doreen's posts were some of the first that I was seeing. Um, I actually stumbled across this years ago, Doreen, where I first saw you come out of the new age And this was like three years before I was saved. So when I saw that, I thought, uh, that's kind of weird. What did she lose her mind or something? And just went on about my way and then went deeper into the new age from there. And then when I started asking for help and for God to save me, your post started coming up on my Instagram out of the blue, no coincidence with God, of course, but I started to follow you. And then I started to follow a couple other people that you were following. And I was just letting myself be exposed to it um, because I'm very big on if it triggers you lean into it. There's a reason. And lo and behold, I was saved in January of 2020. So this is a really special interview for me personally. Um, Doreen, as I'm sure many of you are aware where it was deeply involved in the new age published, I believe about 70 books within that realm and had so many cards and was traveling the globe doing this new age work and 
gave it all up for God. So I'm going to hand it over to Doreen. Doreen, if you could just tell the audience a little about how you grew up and what led you to Christ after being in that deception for so long. Well, it's an honor to be with you, Angela. And I just, I want to personally apologize to you that the deception I was under, I passed it on to you. And um, I'm deeply sorry about that. And praise the Lord for saving us both out of that deception. And I'm here today to glorify God. Um, and also because my products are still out there against my wishes, against my will. Um, I know God's sovereign and he is using that for his glory because people still write to me on Instagram who are using the products and it gives me an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Um, but until those products are gone, I have to be out there just telling people the biblical truth about the new age. And that is that it is absolutely not godly. It, I used to think that I was helping God. I know it's so egotistical because I was a total narcissist in the new age. I thought that because people called my work comforting and accurate, that it must be pleasing to God and nothing could be further from the truth. I was hell bound and um, following the fallen angels who were masquerading as an angel of light. I was having real experiences. The messages I was getting was real, um, but it was not from God or God's angels. Like I thought um, a lot of it came from being raised in a false gospel church, Christian science which was just this heretical religion that was made by a woman who said she got the answers, you know, and she said that Jesus was a created being, a role model, a teacher for us to mimic, and we could heal like he did, we could do the miracles like he did, we could basically walk on water and raise the dead. And that's how I was raised. And God was not even knowable in Christian science. He was mind, he was energy. And so you didn't have any kind of sense of connection to God, because how can you love energy or mind? It was just not Father God, as I know now. And so I, I grew up and went to Chapman University and earned a BA and MA in psychology and became a psychotherapist and started writing books on that and became an inspirational speaker. And because of that, I was touring at before I was a new age teacher, I was a metaphysical teacher touring um, with Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Louise Hay and, and uh, all those folks, the famous people, you know, Marion Williamson, any new age teacher from that era I was um, touring with. And at these events, I would go and learn about new age um, methods like chakra clearing and yoga and Reiki, things that I had never heard of before in Christian science. And I got immersed in, you know, at first it was kind of seemed like the lighter side of new age, but new age and any deception is progressive. So you start out with something like you did. It seemed innocent, the angel cards, and then it's never enough. And you just keep going down this dark, dark path. And many people have tragically told me they started out with my cards and soon they were in Wicca, witchcraft, Satanism, even atheists. It just... It's a progressive disease to be in the deception. And you think that you've got the answer and you think the Christians, the born again Christians are asleep and the devil just insulates you to the gospel because he tells you that if you think anything negative, you will attract and manifest negative. And the gospel is the bad news first. So it seems negative before you get the good news. And so 
we don't want to hear about it in the new age. Um, the devil tells us the Bible has been corrupted by Constantine and the Roman Catholic church, which I believed and I passed along that deception. I'm so sorry. But the truth historically is that Constantine and the Roman Catholic church could not have changed the Bible because it, the canon was closed before they were able to, you know, be involved with that. So uh, all these lies about the lost books of the Bible, when those so-called lost books were written 200 years after Jesus was on earth. And I just believed all that gobbledygook. And I believed that the truth was within when our heart is deceitful and we should never be following our heart. I did follow my heart and I pretty much wrecked my life and my children's life in the process. I was just doing whatever I want. Now I've learned that the number one commandment of Satanism is do what thou wilt, do what you want. So basically I was following satanic commandments to just be a free spirit, love the one you're with, follow your heart, follow your dreams. I did all that. And you know what? I got all the material goodies. I had my husband, and I had a 50 acre ranch in Hawaii. Everywhere we went, we traveled first class celebrities, the A-list and B-list celebrities were supposedly my friends. They'd come into my house. They'd call me for advice. Um, I, I shopped on Fifth Avenue, Rodeo Drive, um, Harrods and Milan, you know, to the finest designer clothes. And I lived like a rock star, but like a rock star, I was spending more than I was making. And I was kind of an indentured servant on a hamster wheel. And I had to keep going to keep teaching and and, uh, and it seemed like every week we were in a different location. We never unpacked our suitcase in that time. And so I had fame and fortune at all my workshops. They were sold out. We had standing ovations, but it was not enough. I'd, I'd, I'd leave the convention center after getting a standing ovation and signing, signing books for hours. And I'd go back to my hotel room and I would feel empty and I would want to eat or shop to try to fill it up. And once in a while, I would take out the Gideon's Bible from the hotel drawer, but it just didn't make sense to me at that time. Like Second Corinthians said, the God of this world, Satan, had veiled it, and the gospel seemed foolish to me because I was perishing. So, it, 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 but all that time, I called myself a Christian. I thought of myself as a Christian because I thought I was following Jesus the new age Jesus, the ascended master, wish granting, genie, Santa Claus, Jesus, the hippie, feel good. You can do whatever you want as long as you're happy and positive, Jesus. That's not Jesus. That's a demon or imagination. The real Jesus has boundaries and commandments and loves in a biblical way, which means that we are commanded to trust him and obey him and follow him and take up our cross. And he's real. He's, he's alive, where all the other beings that I was following were either imagination or they're dead in the ground. Only Jesus is alive. So it's just a miracle that I'm saved. Uh, I was so spiritually blind and did not know it. What was the moment for you where you um, realized that you had to, where you were really convicted and you knew you had to let all of that go? Well, it was a process. I wish I could say that like on April 19th, I was saved and I was instantly, you know, theologically sound and saved, but it was more of a process. Um, looking back, January 2015 is when I was starting to get called out. I, because I identified as a Christian, I was a student of world religion. And so I would listen to Christian radio all the time, but I would also listen to 
podcasts from shamans and Celtic goddess worshipers and Hindu gurus and Buddhists and stuff. And I, I thought like the coexist bumper sticker that all the paths led to heaven universally, as long as you were a good person. I believed more in the near-death experiences that I was hearing about in the new age than I did in the Bible. And so I was listening to Alistair Begg, who, if you haven't heard him, he's just amazing. You probably have. Uh, and I was listening to him in January, 2015, and he was giving a sermon on 2 Corinthians 4, which says that in the end times, people will want their itching ears tickled with false teachings and feel-good messages. And Alistair started to describe a false teacher, and it was like he was describing me. I mean, it, it was the first time that I had felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I had such a stony heart, a hardened heart, that I, I had not felt that conviction until then. So, And when I got home that day, I said to my husband, we need to go to church and not a new age church like we'd been going to. We need to go to a, like a real church. At least I knew the difference. But I didn't know denominations. So we were just kind of like throwing a dart on a dartboard, trying to figure out what church to go to. We tried Pentecostal. We tried Seventh-day Adventist. Finally, we ended up in Episcopalian, super liberal church that was not biblical, but they were hospitable. And it was a nice kind of womb for us to read the Bible in. We were there for two years and we did volunteer work and they were very loving. I still love them and care about them so deeply. And while we were there, it's when the gospel was revealed to me in January, 2017, but I wasn't saved then. I just knew that the gospel was real. But what the Teflon coating I had from the devil was that I was told that I was not a sinner, that sin was an illusion and negative. And if you called me a sinner, it was like you were cussing at me and calling me a bad person, which is like the worst thing you could call me. So whenever I would hear Jesus died for your sin, I would say, what are you talking about? I'm not a sinner. You know, that's Genesis three to me was a myth, the whole fall in the garden. And so it wasn't until digging into the Bible in about October or September, it was either September or October of 2017. I wish I'd written down the date, um, but it was one of those two months. I was reading Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, which is Moses preparing the Israelites, the second generation, to go across the Jordan River into Canaan. And he, Moses is telling them, do not be like the Canaanites who are pagan. Don't sacrifice your children and don't behave like them. Don't use divination, fortune telling which I was doing. Don't do mediumship, which I was doing. Don't interpret omens and signs, which I was doing. And then Moses said, anyone who does these things is a detestable abomination to God. And Angela, you could have just, I, I was floored because I thought I was doing God's work in the new age. I thought I was helping people. They told me I was. So when I read that I was the opposite and uh, an abomination, I, it broke me necessarily. I needed breaking. And I, I was on the floor saying to God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Please forgive me. Please don't send me to hell. Please don't send anyone following me to hell. I just, I didn't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Please take my life, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. And, and so on that day, I was necessarily convicted and, and saved. But that's when the spiritual warfare started as well. I never had experienced it to my knowledge consciously before then, but it was like, bam, 
it was like all those demons who had been following that I thought were angels just were on attack. I could, I could sense people praying against me because I'm so open about what I'm doing that I immediately announced this on social media. <laughs> so shouldn't have done that, but I just, you know, I'm transparent. So I said, Hey, I had this Jesus experience. I know the Bible's real. I'm going to start reading it on my weekly videos and, and uh, people just like you did, thought I'd lost my mind. They sent me letters that it must be my Saturn return or menopause, or they thought my husband converted me or something. They just couldn't get that the Holy Spirit had convicted my heart with his word. That didn't make any sense to anyone. Oh, they said I must be doing it for attention. Yeah, that was bad attention I got for those five years. They said I must be doing it for money, which makes no sense because I gave up a very lucrative income to, I got fired because my publisher said I was going to offend witches and they were publishing witchcraft books. So um, all their excuses of why I must have changed, it was all about Jesus. They just couldn't accept that. But but the, a lot of the folks who were slamming me on social media have written to me since and said, I didn't understand you. I apologize for what I said about you. But now Jesus has called me out of the new age and I didn't do it. You know, it's all God. If he uses my testimony as a seed, great. But God is calling people out of the new age. I'm sure you've noticed. I have. I've noticed a lot, um, even within my own my own community. Um, I like that you said that, though, that it was a process because a lot of people that I speak to have a similar experience. And I did, too. You know, this all started opening up for me in October, but it wasn't until January of 2022 when I really allowed myself to be saved, I'll say. Um, and it was kind of Isaiah 47, 13, because I was an astrologer and that, that verse about how the astrologers are no fire to sit by for their burn in their own fire had the same effect on my heart. I thought, I don't want to burn. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be offering people this divination. That's really not from God, but it was the same thing as you. And Honestly, the same thing with a lot of people in the new age that I wanted to talk about with you is how we think that we're doing it with God. We think that we're co-creating with God. Like everyone that I've personally been friends with in the new age has wanted nothing to do with the devil or Satan. It's never been, you know, let's sit around and worship the devil together. It's we're going to have a moon ceremony and we're going to glorify God with our moon ceremony every new and full moon, which was something that I always did. And it just is that whole notion of Satan masquerading as an angel of light. So I was wondering if you could speak on that, how demons are real and it's not always the, you know, little red guy with horns that you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I can relate. I was into astrology and living my life by Mercury retrograde cycles. So totally understand. And, and the thing is that the devil is a counterfeiter, a mimic of God. So he, he, it seems like he is helpful to a degree um, because he knows that if he was just mean and evil, no one would follow him. So he's, he seems to offer candy and astrology seems to work. It seems to make sense. And my angel cards seem to work. Uh, mediumship and psychics and all these things seem to work, um, but they only work to a degree. And they are condemned by God and anyone who's using these practices who is not in Christ will be condemned as everyone will be who's not in Christ. So it's uh, it's spiritually dangerous and very seductive. Um, 
you know, when people are telling you all the time, oh, you're helping me, you're a goddess, you're an angel, it just goes to your head. And I thought after a while that every thought I had was a message from God's angels. I called myself, and I'm ashamed of this now, but I called myself God's secretary and that I was just taking dictation from God. And my goodness, how arrogant was I to think that? It's just horrifying. So I'm, I'm sure you had similar experience where people told you that you help them and you, you take that to be a validation of your work. And, and I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit showed you that passage from Isaiah because people come to me a lot and say, well, the Magi were astrologers, so therefore it's in the Bible. But, you know, it, that's only one translation of Magi. It means magician. And they were following the star, but they were following the prophecy of the star. They, they weren't doing astrological predictions. They weren't saying, oh, you're a Virgo, so you're, you know, your Venus is in Aries or anything like that. They were saying, oh, this is where the Messiah could be found because they knew scripture. And, but I used to think the Magi were astrologers, and I actually got talked in to writing a book, co-writing a book with an astrologer about angels in astrology, um, which I repent for. And please, if you have that book, burn it or throw it away. It's garbage. Uh, it's just people twist scripture because they don't know it. That's what happened to me. Um, I thought I knew the Bible because I'd been given a Bible as a child. In Christian science, you're given little verses to read out of context every week. So I had been reading the Bible since I was a child and I thought I knew the Bible, but you can't know any book that you don't read from front to cover to back cover. You, you don't know any movie that you've only watched snippets of. How could I have thought I knew the Bible? Um, and, but God is sovereign. So he let us be blind for a while. He gave us over as Romans one said, you know, we worship the creation instead of the creator. And so he'll give you over to your sin and say, okay, fine, have fun wallowing your sin. And he'll give us uh, an inch of rope and let us hang ourselves and praise the Lord that he pulled us back in time. Amen. I, um, Yes, I did have a similar experience with people that were praising me a lot. And that, um, that meant a lot to me back then, because I, you know, I grew up bullied an only child. I just, I never had friends. No one ever liked me. Boys never liked me. I was really overweight at one point. It's just all, all of the trauma things that, you know, mm -hmm. demons capitalize on, um, and so when I found my niche, you know, oh, I was cool. Finally, you know, I'm like, I finally did it. My mid twenties. Now I'm cool. I am an astrologer. I have all this knowledge. I'm a self-healing guru. I'm a yoga teacher. I can do Reiki. I can read your cards. I can do all these things for you. And people were telling me you have a gift. If I would ever read their tarot cards, you have a gift. Um, I actually had an entire podcast before this one dedicated to astrology and people were telling me, um, you know, I would do moon reports every other week for the full and the new moon and how that was about how we're supposed to self-heal with the, you know, the themes of the moon. And people would tell me that it was really helping them and all this, all this really beautiful encouragement. But at the end of the day, it was, it was baloney, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what you said earlier caught my attention about how you would you know, get on stage and, you know, have your um, speak and then come off and feel empty because I, you know, I would always sit down in front of the camera and record an episode and 
I mean, like, to be frank, I, I had like fresh scars on my leg at the same time where I'm telling other people how to heal themselves, but then I'm suffering tremendously inside all the time. And just thinking that it's a part of the mercury retrograde or that it's, you know, the shadow work I had to do. And that's an aspect of new age that, um, eventually it gets to that point where you're told you have to do shadow work. And when I think about that in hindsight, it makes me sick to my stomach because they tell you to sit with your demons, you know, invite your demons in, like invite your shadows in. So you're literally being encouraged to invite demons (laughs) into your space. Mm -hmm. And I know that I had so many in my house, you know, the, the demon that poses my grandmother for seven years that I talked to and had a had a relationship with that I always felt its presence near me. And I thought it was my grandma talking to me and like my dreams and in, in numbers and in the world around me. And it wasn't, it wasn't her. Could you speak on those, um, those types of spirits, familiar spirits? Well, again, the, the devil Teflon coats us, insulates us from the biblical truth by saying that you, you can't think about anything negative. And so a lot of the emptiness that we had there is because our relationships were shallow and we, we weren't allowed to talk about our problems with other people, with ourselves even, and certainly not with God. We were supposed to just kind of pretend that everything was perfect. And, and so we were stepping down a lot. And a lot of people in the new age, they got into new age. I know I certainly did because of trauma, because of post-traumatic stress, um, abuse, uh, betrayal, abandonment, um, loneliness. And so you go into the new age looking for healing, whether it's physical or psychological or emotional healing, and you get into it and things get worse, but, but you're not allowed to admit that because then you'll look like you're not enlightened, like you're failing. And, and so this is the devil's way of insulating us. And so you're not allowed to even say there's a devil or demons in the new age you're not allowed to talk about anything but prosperity and abundance and success. And it's very materialistic and it's all about glorifying the self. So um, I worked for Louise Hay. I toured with her for, I don't know, 20 years. And she was the grand dame of positive affirmations. And so, you know, she herself had been abused, very severely abused. And so it's no wonder she got into this and taught it to others. So when your self-esteem is very low, you don't value yourself. You've been told you're worthless by your parents or ex-spouse or something. Um, You will just gravitate to anything that tells you you're a good person that you're, you know, you'll, that will say, God loves you no matter what unconditionally, God just wants you to be happy. Um, As long as you're positive, you can do whatever you want, love the one you're with, follow your heart, follow your dreams. And those are the messages of the new age. So you're not aware of demons controlling you and whispering in your ear things that are destructive and definitely telling you to stay away from Jesus because that's the arch arch enemy of the demons. And the demons will tell you that the Bible is not trustworthy um, or it will give you scripture to twist like Abraham Hicks says, knock and and it will be be open. Mm ask and it shall be given. Um, and, and they're only talking about getting your goodies materially that you, you get worldly success. Um, I was very into the law of attraction. I taught about it. I used it. I used vision boards, visualization, 
positive affirmations. And I had all the material success that anyone could possibly want. I mean, I was living like a rock star. But as I said, it wasn't fulfilling. I was still seeking. I was still looking for the truth. I was looking for peace and couldn't find them. And all the while, my Bible was on the shelf. And that's where I found the truth. And through Jesus, that's where I found the peace. Amen. And it's so interesting how with the new age spirituality, it really is, like you said, the coexist bumper sticker that's across the board, but it's always, you know, all roads lead to God. Oh, except that Bible (laughs) that does that, that doesn't count. And I have found, um, in my experience coming out of new age, a lot of my I don't want to say they're not my friends anymore, but we have little in common at this point. So my friends, if you will, had a lot to say about how I'm spreading spiritual misinformation, how I don't really know Jesus, how I need to save the spiritual talk for spiritual people, how I'm going all in on this and finding my identity in this, just like I did with astrology. And it's just a new thing for me. Like I got so much backlash from the people that are supposed to be accepting and loving of all and, you know, live your truth kind of mindset. And the irony is it's unbelievable. It's, it's really crazy to see how many people really are living in that veil. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating actually to think that I was one of those people for so long that I was just so ignorant and so self-centered and so dead in my sin that I thought I knew better than to ever open a Bible. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, when the Holy Spirit lifts the veil, you just realize that you were spiritually blind before. And I mean, throughout the gospel, Jesus is healing blind people. So he was pointing to that. And Second Corinthians to me is just the most brilliant book about spiritual blindness and how um, it's the Holy Spirit and his will that lifts the veil and then it's like given a pair of glasses or getting eye surgery. And you just like, you can see, oh my goodness, Jesus really is the son of God who really did die for our sins. The Bible really is the inerrant, sufficient God breathed word of God. It really is all true. And once you see that it it's, you're given a new life and a new heart and you just, you can't go back. And those who are spiritually blind, they can't see it. Just like when Jesus was walking on the earth it's appalling to think about the, the um, Pharisees in the Sanhedrin who were plotting against him to kill him. I mean, it, it's, and the, the soldiers who crucified him, it's just appalling. Like, how can you not see this as God incarnate? And they couldn't, they were spiritually blind and people still are spiritually blind. You and I were until the Holy spirit by his mercy and grace opened our eyes. So yeah, the backlash is real. Um, I've lost people who I thought were dear friends. Um, my saddest thing is my two sons won't speak to me and their wives won't speak to me because they think I'm just doing hate speech. But, and I, and I, it just, it grieves me every day. I'm just, I'm broken. Today is actually my oldest son's birthday. So I'm doing interviews um, uh, just, I, and they haven't spoken to me in years and may not ever I'm not allowed to see my grandson apparently because I might spread misinformation about yoga to him. So it's just, it just breaks me. And I'd appreciate prayers for my sons that their hearts would be teachable and that they would see the gospel, even if they never speak to me again. But um, it's just, it's 
there's two different worldviews. There's the biblical worldview, and then there's the secular worldview. And the secular worldview defines love differently as wokeness, as in all inclusiveness. Don't ever offend people. Um, just comfort them in their sin and say, you were born that way. You be you. You do you. Whatever is your truth is fine. But like you said, they, they, every truth but Jesus is okay. But if it's the homogenized hippie Jesus, that's okay. You know, the ascended master Jesus, that's fine. But don't talk about that Jesus in the Bible, God's wrath, that'll upset people. Don't you know? When I was first saved, I remember one of my events producers came up to me and he's like, Doreen, okay, this is going to change you, but I only want you to talk about what you're for. Do not talk about what you're against. And I was like, hang on, how does that work? How do you do that? Especially if you know that what I'm against is sending people to hell for eternity. There's no soul sleep. There's no purgatory. There's no second chance. Jesus, true story, not parable of Lazarus and the rich man is Jesus warning us that once you die, you die. And if you're in hell, you're stuck there forever. So how do you warn people by only saying what you're for? It doesn't right. work that way. Right. What do you say to people um, that kind of have a reaction, a reaction, an emotional reaction to that sort of statement where it's, you know, if you don't repent, you will go to hell. If you don't accept Christ, you will go to hell. People, I've had conversations with people where they'll tell me, well, if God's so loving, why would he do that? It doesn't seem fair. It seems mean. Um, and my response is that, you know, God is unconditionally loving, but he's not unconditionally tolerant. And there's a big difference. And that it's actually a testament of his unconditional love that he wouldn't force you to spend eternity with him if you denied him your entire waking life. But do you get that a lot from people that say that it seems mean or unfair? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially, um, you know, they say, well, what about the innocent natives who've never heard the gospel? And so I have a quote from R.C. Sproul where he said, yeah, if someone's absolutely in innocent and sinless, they don't need Jesus. They're going straight to heaven. But there is no one who's innocent and sinless. Every one of us has sinned. Romans 3.23 says that. Because all of us have dishonored our parents. All of us at some point have told a lie. We've all stolen something, even if it's a little piece of candy when you're five. I mean, every one of us has broken the Ten Commandments. So uh, none of us are innocent. And therefore, we all deserve hell. And the miracle is that some of us are saved. Um, I remember having many intersections in my life, like in the 1990s, I was listening to Christian radio all the time at a big church that was real close to me and it was solid and I could have gone there, but I didn't. And so was that God's sovereign will for me to stay in the new age and become this bestseller um, and then, you know, do my best to point people to the gospel out of the new age. I'm, I, that's the only explanation I have is that we don't know how God's mind works. In Isaiah, God says, my mind is not your mind. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, we, can, we have to be careful of making a God in our own image, how we would run the universe. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing in the new age is that everyone's God is the God that they feel comfortable <laughs> for him to be. Yeah. Um, people have told me, you, wow that the Bible really says that stuff or 
um, God's not like that at all, but, or Jesus isn't like that at all. And I'm right. like, what do you mean? I'm, this is his word. <laughs> it's exactly what he's like. Yeah. That's the hippie Jesus that I used to yes. follow who said, wow, man, everything's cool. As long as you're positive and happy, just right. go for it. You be you. Um, I, the other thing I want to mention about hell is that the Bible says that God created hell for the devil and his demons for the fallen angel, Lucifer, and for his fallen angels who accompanied him. So God didn't create hell and say, ha I'm going to trick people I created. Um, it's a lair for the devil. And those who follow the devil are going to hell. So it's not really that God sends them there. I think that's just kind of a misinterpretation uh, of how hell works. It's that if you're following the devil, you're going to follow your follower to his place after your physical death. And the Bible says, and Jesus says this, I know our loving Jesus, when he was talking to the Pharisees, he said, your father is the devil and the devil is the father of lies. So, and his, his most close apostle, John, in 1 John 4 said that we have to test every spirit. And if a spirit is not confessing Jesus biblically, fully God, fully man, then that spirit is the Antichrist, Antichrist. And it's leading you away from the truth. It's leading you away from the peace that you crave and that Jesus wants to give you. And we, you know, we can't impose our beliefs about what's fair or not on God. He's love, but he's also wrath. And people say, well, that's the Old Testament, Ochre. No, look at the cross. That's God's wrath right there. That's really wrathful to put your son on the cross and, and, and put all of your wrath for everyone's sins on him. And because Jesus was sinless, he was the only one to obey all 10 commandments. He imputed his righteousness to us. And that's love. That right there, the cross is love. It was a beautiful way to put it. I um, I'm wanted to talk about angels for a minute because yeah. that's something that I personally really, really believed in big time. I would always call on my angels and invite my angels in and ask my angels to heal, heal me. And when I would do Reiki on people, it was always inviting the angels in. It was always about the angels and angel numbers and I actually didn't have your book, Angels in Astrology, and I'm glad I didn't because that sounds exactly like something I would have just eaten right up. Mm -hmm. um, but this whole notion of calling on angels, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, the new age, I, I take responsibility and I apologize. I was deceived and I passed the deception along. I was wrong and I humbly apologize. And um, the, the, the new age appropriates different cultures all except for evangelical Christianity. So the new age appropriates uh, Native American, Eastern, Celtic, and also Catholicism, surprisingly. Um, and so the angel lore that I was following was Catholic. And it was all about calling on Archangel Michael, even though in the Bible, he's specifically the, the angel of Israel in, in the book of Daniel, in the book of Revelation. But in Catholicism, and in the new age, we've turned Archangel Michael into a Superman that you can personally call on to uh, rescue you, to give you courage, to cut your cords to negativity. And, um, and Raphael, who's not even in the canonical Bible, he's in the, only in the Catholic Bible, in the book of Tobit, 
And all these angels I got from Catholicism, which I wasn't Catholic. I was not raised Catholic. I, I went to a few Catholic services now and then, and I was Episcopalian for two years, which is Catholic light. But it was worshiping the creation. The angels are creations. And in Revelation, when John falls down to the angel, the angel says, no, 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 whoa, 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 do not worship me. I'm a creation like you. So we're told in the Bible to do not worship angels. And, and yet that's what I was doing and calling on them for favors. The thing is, it worked most of the time. Um, I would get parking places. I, I was following numerology, which I called angel numbers, thinking that was messages on license plates and phone numbers and receipts, just insane things. Just, you know, I really, when I, when I look back on it, I think a lot of it was dissociation because uh, it was delusional stuff, but dissociation is, is a common uh, pattern for those of us who have PTSD and who were abuse survivors. We go into what I called a bubble world, our own little fantasy world, and we kind of populate it with our own invisible friends, and we populate it with our own storyline. And, and, and I was just writing about my own bubble world, a lot of it, teaching about what was in my bubble world. And I think enough abuse survivors related to my bubble world, they made it their bubble world. Yeah, I, um, I once had a medium tell me, um, because I've always been a writer since I was a little girl, and I had a medium just turn around, look at me and point at me and say, Archangel Gabriel wants to change the world with your words. And that stuck with me for a really long time. And I would always try and channel Archangel Gabriel when I would write, um, thinking that he was using me as his vessel to change the world. And, you know, from there, it was always, always just calling on the angels, like you said. And I never thought of it that way, this like dissociation. Um, that's really good. And it's a really valid point because it truly is like a mental illness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's similar to this the transgender movement and things like that, just in, in a totally different facet, because it is this entire absolute delusion. And we're just here to say, yeah, that's your truth. Live your truth. Do you. And, and there is no sin. And then the moment that you come to Christ, people say you're delusional, which is, it's so ironic because the world around us is delusional. And it, you don't really, you don't even need to believe in God to see that at this point. <laughs> just walk out your front yeah. door we live in a delusional world we do and in the new age you you don't acknowledge evil but everyone can see how evil the elites are right now that right. they're we're being lied to by the elites and by the media who are covering for them and there's just evil agendas going on i mean i think everyone can see that and so let that be something that pierces the bubble world and lets you you know, acknowledge it. And it's okay to talk about problems. It's okay to acknowledge feelings that might seem negative. I mean, that's normal. If we look at the book of Psalms, it's our go-to model of how God wants us to speak to him. And David, who wrote most of the Psalms, he would just pour out his heart to God. And he would say horrible things about himself, which were true. Like I'm a sinner, you know, I've, I've, adulterer, I've blasphemed you, you know, please, Lord, please help me. Everyone hates me. He would say, everyone's trying to kill me, which they were. And he would just, he would be really negative. He would say horrible imprecatory prayers, you know, please hurt my enemies. 
and such. Uh, he was being real. And that's what God wants us to be. God already knows our heart and he knows the secrets in our heart. We can't hide anything from God at all. There's nowhere in the universe we can go where we hide from God. Um, but what we can do is turn to him and admit it to him and pray for his help and forgiveness. What do you think gets in the way of people doing that? Again, for me in the new age, because I was told never think anything negative. If there was 10 commandments in the new age, the first one was always say, stay positive, no matter what. And it's just this fear you have, which is ironic because you're told not to be afraid because that's negative, but you have this phobia of being negative. Like if you say anything accidentally negative, you're like, cancel, clear, delete. Yeah. <laughs> so, go away. Negative thoughts don't, don't affect me. So it was our own little devil demon that was following us was negativity. And I, I used to read the Course in Miracles too. For 20 years, I read a Course in Miracles and it said the only devil is the ego. And so, you know, there again, you, in the new age, you're saying God is within, the devil's within. And it's not that way. There's externals. It's not. And then the new age tells you that's duality, which is very un, unenlightened. So the devil has us just boxed in in the new age completely with no any kind of outlet where the gospel could come in except through the Holy spirit's intervention. Hmm. Yeah. And it's always about, you know, it's like living in a world of contradictions when you're in that space, because live your truth. I mean, truth can't be subjective by definition. Truth can't be subjective. So there is no, your truth, my truth, their truth. There is just truth. And something I used to say a lot on my old podcast is that multiple truths can exist at once. Um, but that, again, it's a contradiction and it doesn't make sense. And something that really appealed to me with Christianity right before I went all in was how much it actually made sense. And it was the first thing that actually did make sense. It was something that, you know, you could trace back and understand logically and not just spiritually and you know not just googling uh what does this number mean and then taking that as fact it was actually concrete and sound um and i've just really valued that and it's just my prayer for everyone that they <clears throat> that they are able to have those scales removed from their eyes and understand the truth and not my truth your truth mm -hmm. so true yeah, um, you probably know him, Tom Davies on Instagram, and he was a pretty famous psychic in the UK. And he was on social media putting down the Bible, you know, the Bible's this and that. And a Christian challenged Tom and said to him, have you ever read the Bible? And Tom said, no, I haven't. And, he, and the Christian said, well, then how can you put it down if you've not read it? And Tom said, all right, I'll take that challenge. And so he read the Bible. And as he was reading it, he was saved by God. And now he teaches against new age and um, pointing people to the Bible. So anyone who's watching this, I would just say that to you is, you know, you can't put down Christianity without at least reading the Bible. And some people will say, well, I have read the Bible. I used to say that, but I had read cherry picked little bits of the Bible. Reading Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Revelation is life-changing, especially if you do it prayerfully and open-minded and open-hearted and pray for the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, to illuminate the passages that, that God wants you to see as you're reading it. 
And, and it's the only way I know that we can know who God is and that we can know who Jesus is and why Jesus had to die for our sins. Um, the Bible, the Old Testament is challenging. I won't sugarcoat it. When, the first time I read it with the wars and the incest and the rape and the animal sacrifices, uh, I was horrified, but I just kept going and I kept going and just praying. And I soon learned that all of that heinous activity was an illustration of how humanity acts when they don't have God as their king and they try to be their own God, their own king. And we see it today. We see it that people are saying, you know, I'm following my own truth. So you're being your own God, right? And by doing that, there's chaos and violence and evil in the world. Because as you mentioned before, we believed that there was no such thing as an absolute truth. So that's called relativism. And it was popularized by a man named Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote conversations with God, which weren't, they were conversations with his own head or a demon. I don't know. Uh, but he, he said that God said that there's no such thing as right or wrong, which is crazy. And he also said that Hitler was useful in some, I mean, just crazy things he said, God said, and people believed it. It was a best-selling book for yeah. years and years. And I toured with him. Um, wow. and, and so when you believe that there's no such thing as an absolute right or wrong, then you're kind of given a free license to do whatever you want, which is what we were taught through music. Popular music really encourages that just go do what you want. And that's how I lived. And it was extremely destructive and it was really destructive to my two sons because I wasn't being a good mom. I was off just following my heart and um, same with you. I thought I was saving the world, that, that narcissism that the new age gives you. And uh, boy, I have so many regrets, but I know that God can use all of this for his glory and his good as it's promised in Romans eight twenty eight. Yes. I am. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that about your sons. I've, you know, with not without oversharing, I, there's people in my life that I love very much for that I've loved for a very long time. And, you know, I don't know, I don't always know the outcomes of those relationships now because of this, you know, it was, it was okay before when I had Buddha heads on the wall and when I had Zodiac signs on the wall and when I wore Gemini on my t-shirt and when I would wake up every day and listen to, you know, chants and do yoga every morning. But now that I have like crosses on the wall, scripture on the wall and, that I believe in God. Now it's too much. Now it's extreme. Now I, I've been told I love God too much. You know, it's, so I see how, um, hearing that kind of divide in your own family, not that I'm grateful to hear it, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's a comfort in a way to hear that other people experience the people that they are the closest with and the love the most in their lives have that, um, that, rift and even jesus talks about that and yeah how that will happen in the families because of yeah. our allegiance to christ and he absolutely does talk about that um families will be ripped apart because of him and it's exactly as he talks about matthew 10 is my go-to chapter when i'm really sad about my sons and um and I just look at that and then i go to galatians 1:10 that says am I here to please people or to please Christ, to please God? 
and you you can't do both a lot of times you can't please people and god um, our allegiance needs to be with god jesus said that we need to love him more than anybody else and yeah. he's he's saying that not as an ego stroking thing he, he doesn't have an ego first of all um, he's saying that as a um a life-saving guidance he's saying that how to stay out of hell basically mm-hmm. what would you um my audience is very vast and different i have people that are just curious you know that used to be in new age i have friends from my secular world before any of this started and then i have a lot of newer born again christians and then i have some christians that have been saved for a while so there's a lot of people there what would you but a lot of them that are currently messaging me are kind of like newborn again so what message do you have to say to people that are just coming out of new age and how they can kind of best navigate that process oh that's a good one and i'm so grateful that you're giving them some a, a soft landing place um first of all you've got to get plugged into a solid local church we can't do this on our own we're commanded to have fellowship with other believers and we're commanded to have the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And you can only do that in a church setting. And I know that a lot of people are like organized religion or there's heretics and there's hypocrites there. Um, you know, there's, there's solid churches. I'm here to attest to them that it takes a while. It's church shopping. It's not fun. Um, I've got a search engine. People can write to me and I'll help them to find a solid church in their area if they want. Um, so you've got to get plugged in and then a good, if you're women, most, I think a lot of us in the new age were women. Um, you've got to be involved in a women's Bible study, not co-ed, but just, you've got to have some, some mature women that you can lean on and bounce things off of. It's super important. And then be careful because there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of fake news, um, like the King James version only, um, conspiracy theory that, goes and says that only King James is the only um, translation that, that there's missing verses and the other translations are new age Bibles. Um, I have a video on that. It's because the King James was written in 1611 by at that time, the oldest known manuscript of the Bible. But since that time, thousands of even older manuscripts have been found that don't contain some of the verses that were later put on by scribes in the Textus Receptus that was used for the 1611 KJV. So just be, be careful. And then there's um, a lot of people who will say, give me money and I'll deliver your demons out of you. Stay away from those, you guys. I was really entangled in deliverance ministries in the beginning. We should not be talking to demons. We should not be talking to the devil. Even if you see it on a movie, like I was real influenced by War Room with Priscilla Scherer you know, telling the devil, you will not have my husband today. You will not have my marriage. And, and so I was talking to the devil and how arrogant was that? This is, this is a being who's been studying humanity for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell him to back off. Mm -mm. Now I've learned with spiritual warfare that is real is pray for Jesus to cast out the demons. He's, he's the only one qualified and play audios of the Bible in your home. And that will reduce spiritual warfare considerably. My husband and I listen to a book of the Bible a day, mm -hmm. especially as we're falling asleep. And our home is really peaceful that way. It's like how Jesus in the wilderness with the temptation, how did he combat the devil? He, he said, it is written. It is written. He, he read scripture to the devil. Um, James, the half brother of Jesus said, 
that we are to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. So please don't be talking to devils and demons on your own, especially if you're a brand new Christian. You'll, and don't spend money on deliverance ministry. I did. I spent lots of money and lots of time. It makes things better for a little while, but then it gets worse because those folks shouldn't be talking to demons or devils either. Jesus empowered the disciples to cast out demons. He did not empower. It doesn't say he empowered all of us. It just says the disciples. And it also says that even they couldn't cast out certain demons. Jesus said to do that requires a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting. So just don't even mess with it. It's not necessary. Pray for Jesus to do it. I really like that you said that. I needed to hear some of that myself. Um, the King James thing, I've I've been under that impression. So I'm going to have to check out that video because that was some of the first things people started saying to yep. me when I came out of New Age was King James only, King James yeah. only, King James only. Um, so thank you for you, saying that. Uh, Godquestions.com or dotquestions.com has a lot of good in, energy information for new agers. Um, yeah, it has it even has an article about my angel numbers on there and how it's deceptive. But if you go on there and, and type in King James only movement, it'll tell you the truth about that. King James Bible is a pretty recent manuscript hmm. compared to the ESV and the NASB um, is the most word for word of the ancient languages of the oldest manuscript that we have available currently. I would actually trust the NASB more than any other Bible. And what I love is that it has in italics, the words that weren't in the original manuscript. So you can see what exactly was in there. And then when it quotes the old Testament, it's in all caps. So you can see beautifully what's a quote from the old Testament. It is just an amazing translation. Do you have um, any recommendations on, uh, I don't know, YouTube sermons, that, things that people can access to watch that's really doctrinally sound? Well, I mean, I, I, I listen to RefNet radio every day. And so because Alistair Begg was a part of my salvation story, God used him, I still listen to him every day. I think he's, he's a nice balance for new agers because he's He's, you know, real warm and accessible and he's funny and happy. And I met him in person, got to thank him in person. Yeah. Um, so I'd recommend Alistair Begg, Truth for Life. He's got a free app that's got a lot of good information in it. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of really solid teachers out there, but um, he's the one that I listen to the most. My brother does too, who was saved 20 years before me. Wow. Um, all right, we'll start wrapping it up here. I have two more questions. What's, mm -hmm. like I said, large audience, curious listeners, what is something that you would offer to someone who is not necessarily an unbeliever, but a resistant believer and doesn't want to feel like they have to follow the rules of religion or be told what to do or follow a manual sort of thing? The people yeah. that are, that have that stone heart right now. Well, you know, we're all looking for truth. We're all looking for peace. And if you haven't found it in the new age, I was in the new age for 20, almost 25 years. And I read just so many books and I had certificates galore in so many modalities. And it's an endless hamster wheel. It's, you know, you're chasing after something that's going to never be accomplished um, a lot of times the devil makes people in the new age into indentured servants. 
So he'll give you what's your life purpose. And it's not our purpose. The Bible says is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So people will become professional new agers like you and I were. And then you get financially afraid to leave the new age because you think, well, how am I going to pay the bills? And that gets a, a lot of people stuck on that fence. And it was really scary for Michael and I because my work um, was paying not only for our, we had a big ranch in Hawaii at that time, but we had employees. My sons were getting money from it. My parents, um, a lot of people were making money off of our income and to walk away from that, um, especially since we owed a bunch of back taxes that we were trying to make up that year and the year I was fired, I, I'm still paying those taxes off because um, wow. I was making so much. And then I went to virtually zero immediately with uh, any money that still comes in from old, old books goes immediately to the taxes um, and, uh, and of course to charities and such. But uh, don't be afraid of losing your new age income. It's absolutely not worth it. Um, as the Bible says, no one can serve two masters. Either you serve God or you serve mammon, which is money. And the Bible promises that for believers in Jesus, your needs will be met. And boy, I can attest to that. My husband got a really good job. He recently got promoted. I'm so happy for him. And I have a part-time job. I don't talk about it because I have stalkers, but my part-time job lets me work from home it's good, honest work, and um, and it, it's enough to pay for expenses as well as Michael's income, and you know it's just God will provide. My my life verse from the Bible is Proverbs three verses five through six, which says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own on your own understanding, and by doing so, He'll make your way straight." And boy, I had to just. I plastered that verse all over my walls because yeah. I didn't trust God. I didn't know God. I trusted angel cards. I trusted astrology and numerology and crystals and Reiki. And I was trying to predict and control the future. And I had to learn how to trust God with my future. That was so hard, mm -hmm. but reading the Bible and praying and just going through a lot of experiences where God provided has really got me to that point now where I trust him. That's really nice. Yeah, I, I attest to that as well, that trust is has been the hardest part of the sanctification process because the new age teaches you to do it all on your own and that you are your own God um, and that you're co-creating with God. So I like, I really appreciate that note to end on. Um, before we say goodbye, would you do us the honor of closing out in prayer for the audience? Oh, I'd be honored. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy to save us when we didn't earn it, when we absolutely don't even deserve to be saved. And thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, as fully God and fully man, who was willing to suffer and die on the cross, a heinous death to take your wrath for all of our sins and to impute us with his perfect sinless righteousness as the lamb of God. Thank you for raising him from the dead three days later and that he is sitting at your right hand and will come to earth again as promised. We don't know when, we just know we are to be prepared at all times, that he will judge us all, and that you will see Christ that we are abiding in when you judge us, and that all of our sins have been forgiven because his work on the cross was finished. We thank you, Lord, for your 
mercy, your compassion, for giving us the peace and the truth that we were always looking for. Thank you for supernaturally giving us your word, the Bible. And please put a hunger for your word. And everyone who's watching this video, give us a hunger, a craving, an appetite to listen to your word, to read your word, and may your Holy Spirit illuminate your word to everyone who's watching this video. And we say these prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Doreen. This was great. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Appreciate you very much.